Thanks for listening to Open Doors Live with your hosts, Mike Gore and James Kazina. Because of your support, we're able to bring the persecuted church to life. For more information, head over to opendoors.org.au. Here's today's episode. Hello, everybody. It is Mike Gore here. Welcome to another episode of the Open Doors Live podcast. As always, I'm in the studio with my great friend, James Kazina. James. Welcome to the show. Thanks everybody for joining us again. Can you believe we're already in the month of March and Easter is quickly approaching? For any of our listeners who might be new to the story of Jesus, Easter is a time of year when we celebrate his death and his resurrection. It's a time when we're reminded of God's immense and sacrificial love for us. But today we wanted to tell you a slightly different Easter story. And that's the way Easter plays out all around the world for Christians who are in countries where it's so dangerous and so difficult to follow Jesus. For those of you who don't know, Open Doors is a ministry founded back in 1955 by a man named Brother Andrew, who was smuggling Bibles into what was then the Soviet Union. Now we're active in over 70 countries, supporting Christians to stay strong for their faith in Jesus in places where it's most difficult to be a believer. Mike, maybe you can tell us why Easter is so hard in particular for the persecuted church. Yeah, it's a really great question. And you know, the, the reason why Easter is so difficult for so many people around the world who share our faith, but maybe not our freedom, is that it kind of marries together one of the most exciting, one of the most positive expressions of faith, which is the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, with probably one of the most confronting parts of it, which is in certain cultures, that is a huge insult. And so what happens is it often invokes a response and more often than not, that response can be quite horrific. And so that's probably the different version of the Easter story that we want to talk about today. And to do that, we're going to take our listeners on a three-year journey because over the last three years, we really have seen attacks on the church increase dramatically. And I guess before we get into the content today, James, I'd love to tell our listeners it's probably going to be some more of the stories that are probably not suitable for children. And so if you're listening in the car or if you're somewhere that you think, look, I probably shouldn't be listening to this with kids around or people who might not like stories of uh, attacks on churches and so forth, then I'd probably suggest now is the time to press pause and pick this up at maybe a later and more appropriate time. It was the 2nd of April, 2015. The University of Garissa in Kenya. Four men from the Islamic extremist group Al-Shabaab entered the campus and began detonating explosives. They were targeting Christians. The gunmen then proceeded to kill a total of 148 students in the attack. On Easter Sunday, just after the attack, students in Kenya held a memorial service and a presenter from the national radio station addressed Al-Shabaab, the extremist group, in a letter. And she said the following, I'm sad for families who have to live with the loss, but I'm not sad for the students themselves. Theirs is a beautiful death. I assume Al-Shabaab deliberately chose this time of year, Easter, the time Christ laid down his life for us all. Yes, even you. James, can you imagine the impact of those words? 
How incredible to think that this woman is writing not only to the general public, but she's addressing the people who have killed other believers in this country. Come forward to 2016 on the 27th of March. Families were celebrating Easter Sunday in Lahore Park in Pakistan. A bomb was detonated near the entrance, killing at least 75 people, including women and children, and 300 others were injured. Locals rushed to the hospital to give emergency blood donations to those in need, and the attack was later claimed by an extremist group with ties to the Taliban and was the deadliest attack in the state. There was another attack a year prior at two churches in Yohanabad, which took the lives of 14 people. The death toll would have been much higher if church volunteers on security duty didn't sacrifice their own lives to defend worshippers. In fact, these attacks have been happening in Pakistan for years. But this quote from a mother in Pakistan is what really rattled me. She said, we celebrate Easter, Easter knowing that at any time a suicide bomber can come and disrupt our service, our worship, our praying. Then I think, will it really be disrupted? Or will I be sent into the fullness of worship? You know, I remember I actually sent that quote to a couple of my friends from a church here called Hillsong Church because I know that they were actively involved in worship. And as I read those words, the fullness of worship, I just, I, I like you, James, really wrestled with, well, what does that mean? And I remember I sent it to a friend and she just wrote back and she says, I don't know what to do with this. She's like, we have this impression of worship and then we read this quote from the mother of two who is saying, well, will it really be disrupted or will I be sent into the fullness of worship? I think fullness of worship are some of the most beautiful and eerily haunting words I've ever heard from the persecuted church. And I love the fact that it can realign and recalibrate us, whether we're in worship bands, whether we're in church leadership, whether we run businesses. I love the fact that a quote like this can recalibrate us at Easter to the reality of the beauty of Jesus. I think something the persecuted church is certainly in touch with is this idea that we are only here in a temporary world. We get so caught up with our possessions, the things around us, but they certainly have a very, very clear understanding that we are eternal beings. And you, you see a quote like that where they can see that our worship is an eternal thing, that what they're doing at Easter in a church service is only significant in the, in the short term, but they've got a very long-term eternal perspective. The last story that I want to share with you is one from Egypt. Last year, 2017, the Islamic State sent suicide bombers to attack two churches during their Palm Sunday services. At least 44 people were killed and more than 100 were injured. Egypt was declared to be in a state of emergency. And only a few weeks later, a bus was attacked on its way to a monastery in Minya, Egypt. The men on board were given a choice. Convert to Islam or die for Christ. It was Ascension Day, which takes place 40 days after Easter. Nadia and her family were on their way to visit the monastery of St. Samuel. They weren't worried about security until they saw some men in military clothing. They were armed and shot the wheels of the bus. They proceeded to climb on board. The men ordered Nadia's son to convert to Islam. Instead, he lifted his wrist and showed them his cross tattoo, something many believers in Egypt get as a public declaration of their faith. No, I'm a Christian, he said. Here's what Nadia said happened after that. Maybe you think I would rather have seen my son make a different choice, she said. 
And of course, as a mother, I am terribly sad and angry because I lost my son. But I am happy that I witnessed the faith I raised him in. I am thankful that he wouldn't deny Christ even with his life in danger. He made the right choice. The terrorists then grabbed Nadia's little grandson and said they would kill Nadia's grandson if the girls on the bus wouldn't come with them. But then a pickup truck approached. The terrorists left and walked towards the truck to carry out their second attack. Hi, this is Mark and Darlene Check. This Easter, we are joining with Open Doors and Christians all over Australia and New Zealand to stand with Christians who are persecuted for their faith in Jesus. Will you join us and give one day's wage to support the survival of the church this Easter? Make sure you head to onewiththem.com.au, onewiththem.co.nz to pledge today. This Easter, we are standing one with them. Welcome back to the Open Doors Live podcast, where we've been sharing with you, I guess, a different take on Easter. I just shared the moment Nadia watched her son give his life for Christ, when a group of armed men attacked their bus on Ascension Day, 40 days after Easter. The terrorists had grabbed Nadia's grandson and said they would kill him if the young women wouldn't leave with them. But then, a pickup truck approached. Marco and Mina were two young brothers who lived in a small village in Egypt. They were headed to St. Stephen's Monastery, where their dad worked. But on the road to the monastery, they could see a bus had been attacked. All the men who refused to convert to Islam were shot. Before they got a chance to turn around, the terrorists climbed off the bus and had made their way towards Mina, Marco, his father, and his father's colleagues, who were also in the truck with them. We heard them force our father to get out first, Mina said. The man shouted that he had to convert to Islam, but my father said no, so they shot him. Their father's colleagues were all forced to step off the truck. One by one, they were asked the same question. Every one chose Jesus over their own life. When the terrorists found the boys, they decided to let them live to tell their story. Marco had to try and drive his father's truck to a place where he could get phone reception and call for help. His feet could barely reach the pedals. When they drove back to be with their father, he was still breathing. They tried to lift him into the truck, but they weren't strong enough. Marco cradled his dad to his chest. Soon my clothes were soaked with his blood, but I didn't care. Not much later, their father died. At least 28 Coptic Christians died in those two attacks. That bus in front of them was Nadia's. If I meet the attackers of my son and they kill me for my faith, I'd be happy, Nadia later said. Then I would join my son in heaven. But I pray that they will be touched by God so that they will change their ways. Oh my goodness. Mike, I think these few stories illustrate quite clearly why Easter is such a difficult time for Christians all around the world. What can we do here in Australia and in New Zealand? What should our response be to these kind of stories? 
Listeners would have heard an ad for one with them, and it's you know we, we often don't do this in the Open Doors Live podcast because you know it's never meant to be promotional or anything like that. But the reality is, is that you know hearing the story of the last three years, we have to do something to stand shoulder to shoulder with our brothers and sisters. And so off the back of that, we're doing one with them. We're asking people to give one day's wage, one day's focus from the next 365 to the persecuted church. And the reason why it's Easter, I think it's so significant. I mean, hopefully this episode in and of itself has shown us why it matters. Because for us, it's a celebration. For us in the free world, it is something we are just so excited to be part of. But for the people living under persecution... They also share that excitement, but they don't share that freedom. And so one with them is that campaign is saying, hey, let's stand in solidarity with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Let's take our faith from our private life to our public. Let's stand up and show that we truly are one with them. It's one day's wage. It's something of value that we can give to them that we know will make a huge difference. But more than that, it's the action of standing up, speaking out and showing Jesus visibly in our lives that I think will bring a great sense of oneness to the persecuted church. And so for all of our listeners, please, that is my request. If you are listening to this podcast, could you be part of one with them? And more than that, would you be bold enough to ask a friend to be part of it? Because I believe every single person who calls themselves a follower of Jesus should do something once a year for the survival of the church. And you know what? This is that one thing. So as always, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate your support. Please rate, review, share, come back next month because we love being able to give you information about the persecuted church. Have a wonderful Easter. And remember, please pray for people all over the world who share our faith, but not our freedom. Thanks for listening to Open Doors Live with your hosts, Mike Gore and James Cazina. Because of your support, we're able to bring the persecuted church to life. For more information, head over to opendoors.org.au.